0: I'm Daria Rose, and this is the Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm coaching Polly, who uh, contacted me with a problem that I could really relate to. So, she works in an environment where social drinking is a big part of the culture. And I feel like anyone who's gone to college and done the normal college experience can relate to this in some way or another uh, and I, and I, I freely admit that when I was in college, I was not that good at this like we used to drink a lot, and there was this culture of you know almost like a, a alcohol scarcity where like you have to drink and you can't waste alcohol and you've got to match your friends drink for drink and it can be really triggering and really difficult to get out of because not only is it there's a lot of social pressure but there's a, and a strong habit there but also alcohol lowers your inhibition you know it shuts down the parts of your brain that make good decisions so it's an extra tricky problem and Polly is going through this right now in in a work environment and and I think she's really typical in that you know it doesn't happen that often like she doesn't have like a quote unquote alcohol problem it's just in these particular events that happen a couple of times a month but it's also not something that she likes about herself she doesn't she knows it's not in line with her long-term goals and values and and it's something she wants to work on so we talk it over and it's tough because it's i don't think there's a super easy solution like she can't just not work there anymore or just opt out of this stuff. And she doesn't want to. It's also really fun. So we together come up with some strategies to figure out ways to figure out, first of all, what the triggers are. you know. And there's a lot of different ones. And there's a lot of different limiting beliefs that encourage you to take the next drink or or order the next drink or match your friends. And so we go through all of those and come up with a lot of different ideas from her, for her to try. and And I don't think this is going to be the thing where you just sort of unravel one limiting belief and suddenly the problem is solved. I think it's more like trial and error. You, you identify all the different things that can trigger you and try to cut back on them and, or, and work around some of them so that you go from drinking way too much to too much to a moderate amount until you get to a place where you feel pretty comfortable you know just sort of pacing yourself and doing it at your own rate which you know does happen naturally as you get older you know I've gone through this at this point in my life but you know it's fun for me and interesting for me to go back and sort of put myself in the shoes of a 25 year old and and try to use what I know now and apply it to a situation then and and hopefully uh, Polly will be able to figure this out much quicker than I did when I was her age so it's a fun episode and without further ado Here's Polly. Hi, Polly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. Happy to be here. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you start by telling me what's going on?
1: Yeah, well, first off, I want to say that I'm in some ways a success story. Awesome. Been a huge fan of yours for a long time and you're. Your ideas have shaped, you know, the way I approach habit change and health through my early 20s. I've, I actually found you when I was 20 and just sick of dieting, and in the process developed my rock-solid home court habits um, thanks to Summer Tomato. Um, there is one exception, though. That makes me super happy, by the way. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I, like I would have killed for this information when I was like, like that age, like 20. That would be amazing.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. If, I mean, if it wasn't for you, like I'd probably still be on that, that miserable train. So thank you so much for all that you (laughs) do. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's, there's one exception where some places where I stumble and that, uh, is largely, um, my occasional but deeply ingrained habit of drinking a little bit too much socially. Very specific, but that is my, the biggest issue that I'm struggling with. I feel like that's my last puzzle piece, so to speak, in my health style. I know that it never ends, but that's kind of the the one I'm focusing on right now.
0: Yeah, drinking is hard, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was it's, honestly, it was the last one for me too. Because once you feel like you know, like I'm, I'm healthy, I'm young, I, I'm, I'm at the weight I want to be and and I'm I'm fit and all that. It's and especially if you live in a big city, like there's so much pressure and there's so much it's just, just so so ingrained in the culture to just drink like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like not just like all the time but also a lot. Um yes. and for me it w- and and the problem it's, you know, it's not like dessert or something because like dessert doesn't shut down your frontal lobes. Right. <laughs> like, like alcohol is really tough because once you've started your decision making is like gone. Absolutely. And it really is like a
1: switch. Like, at you know, in the beginning I have the best of intentions. And at one certain point I noticed that it just completely like, of course, why wouldn't I order another drink?
0: Like, Right. That's what, that's what we're doing right now. (laughs) Totally. Um, so yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And it was, for me, it was like one of definitely like the longest and most difficult habits to troubleshoot. So you are not alone.
1: That is good to know. And yeah. And I think that it is very typical in this industry and, uh, even within the company, like they'll, they'll send, they'll expense events like St. Patty's Day and Cinco de Mayo and they'll send us like beer cozy. So, and it is my first job right out of college. Um, So the transition has been like a little bit difficult because I haven't experienced anything else. And, um, you know, I'm, Kind of continuing those drinking habits that, of course, are common in the the college culture. So,
0: got it, got it. And what, what? Do you mind sharing what you said? This, this, um, industry.
1: Oh yeah, I'm like in I'm in marketing. Okay, okay. So it's it's not unusual for like our vendors to take us out, even just you know after a meeting or. Uh, you know we have our summer party this summer, and that I um, it should be a joyous event to look forward to, but I also am so dreadful because <laughs> I know that there's there's um, all those temptations coming up. and ev- this will be my third summer to be open about it. And every time I, I just associate it with just like misery and exhaustion, it's just. <laughs> Um, all because of my, my tendencies and I, you know, I, I tend to be the one that kind of goes all out for these events and just love the socialization aspect of it. Um, you know, I can only think of a, a few times where I've only had like one or two drinks and stuck to my best intentions. Um, usually the, what ends up happening is, you know, I'll have the best of intentions, I'll say, you know, this will just be quick, like happy hour with my coworkers. Um, but then I blink, and next thing you know, I'm putting down five, six, seven drinks, and we've gone to two places, and I have to get a ride from my boyfriend who's already like over it. Um uh he, by the way, is probably tired of bailing me out from all of these <laughs> events. Um, and and this uh, this happens maybe one or once or twice a month, um, more more so in the summer. And uh, I think the the frequency of it is such that it's a difficult habit to address because, well, first of all, it doesn't allow me to practice addressing the habit um, as much as I would as if you know if it feels like a daily right. occurrence. Um, right, and right. then and then it also is like not often enough to where we feel like, hey, you know, it's a great you know, it's an occasion. Why not? Let's, let's go for it.
0: Yeah. So I was just, yeah. I mean, I was going to say exactly that, that that amount of time, it's really hard to work on a habit because yeah, exactly what you said. Like you don't get a lot of practice. You don't get that like, you know, you forget like, you know, when, when like you're like, right, you know, if it's like a dessert, like when people are like binging and on dessert every night, it's like they wake up in the morning feeling like crap and then they have to make this another decision the next day and it's very fresh in your mind. But if it wasn't like if it was a couple weeks ago, the last time you like let go, then it's yeah. hard to bring, bring that in in a, in a situation like that. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and it, you're right. It does. It's easy to justify. Well, it's a special occasion or something like that. But it sounds like you. There's still something about it, even though it's not happening that frequently, it sounds like there's still something about it you don't like. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I mean, to put it out there, I am very tall and I can hold my drinks, so it's not like uh, I've had disastrous consequences, so to speak. Um, but my my energy is definitely impacted as a result. Well, First of all, I mentioned my boyfriend, It you know, he also has to bail me out sometimes, um, so it kind of strains the relationship there. And then uh, I definitely feel it for like at least two days after my energy, my sleep, my hunger levels, my workouts suffer. So it's like, is it even worth it for those last few drinks to have this kind of lasting impact, even though it is maybe a few times a month? Um,
0: yeah, and- I mean, when you're talking about like if it's happening two or three times a month and it's taking you out for two days at a time, that's almost a week. <laughs> You know, yeah so exactly half a week or a full week of your month <laughs> huh. so twenty five percent of the time let's say twenty fifteen to twenty five percent of the time you're like suffering from this
1: absolutely yeah and when you put it that unnecessarily way, <laughs> <suffering from this. laughs> exactly it's it's just unnecessary and not like not worth it at all um and it and I can still reap the rewards of you know the socializing. Um, without necessarily drinking that amount. Like, I would even be happy with, like, half the amount. But the issue is when I'm in the zone, I'm, like, totally autopilot. Um, you know, it's it's almost like I'm, I don't know. I don't want to, like, blame it on the alcohol. But I feel like it's an unconscious, like, uh, turn of or chain of events that happen and various triggers happen throughout the night to where if I – If I did want to really stick to my guns, I'd have to use a lot of willpower. um, And I'm just not sure how to go about disrupting it, um, using what we know about, you know, behavior change and those sorts of
0: principles. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because alcohol. Because alcohol. (laughs) Like habits are hard enough when they're just habits. right. And especially like, I know it's almost like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's like you get into that and it's not different from being in like a binging zone or, or, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is that people do, you know, whatever their vice of choice is to, you know, once you get into that mindset, you get tunnel vision. Totally. And it's kind of like what you
1: talk about, uh, mindful eating. How can someone be mindful if, they're not. If someone doesn't have that habit already, how do they catch themselves? Yeah, in the, moment? the catch twenty
0: two of mindfulness.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's doubly hard when you're when it's alcohol and not anything else because exactly, the, and the part of your brain required for mindfulness <laughs> is impaired exactly. alcohol.
1: And like, I don't want to just blame it on the alcohol either because I know at home when I'm just you know with my boyfriend or I'm with a friend one-on-one I'm totally fine just having one drink drinking it slowly and leaving it at that like there's no willpower needed for that have no desire to drink more so I don't think like it's the alcohol itself necessarily I think it's the whole um, just perfect storm of events where you have like the big group you have a little bit of social anxiety slash social excitement and then you have like the free drinks flowing um, and then the different cues to drink more, like other people ordering, or uh, maybe like a lost call or something like that, um, or like all of these different reasons for ordering that you kind of reason with yourself, like, Oh, I've never been here before, this sounds really good. Um, or I even like, I'm the person who finishes people's drinks, kind of embarrassing, but they go to me if they don't want, if they don't like their drink, they're like, Hey, Paulina, I should. Should finish this. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's really interesting that you that you have a totally different reaction to alcohol in different environments. That's that's actually mm-hmm. probably gonna be one of the keys to figuring this out. So we'll get back to that in a second. And the other thing was uh, the, the drink finishing like how do you rationalize that to your mind? cuz i t- like when i was in college i was the same way like everybody i knew in college was that way i think it was cuz alcohol was expensive and like a precious resource <laughs> right and we were like it cannot be wasted It must be drank which is obviously insane but like in college that totally. makes sense totally when did you, when did you develop that you know what i think
1: that carried over from college and it just kind of is a habit now that seems silly and it might be just like the easiest one to address but yeah it totally sounds silly when <laughs> when i say it i'm also a person that really doesn't like waste like that's part of a, a huge motivator for me to uh like let's say cooking cuz i was brought up <laughs> to finish everything and i don't know if that pertains to alcohol at all but it um... absolutely does
0: OK, if you I mean, if you think if you're looking at any like consumable as something that's either going to be used or go to waste, then it's your job to use it.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever left a drink unfinished like that never happens. OK, so that's something that we can <laughs> definitely work on
0: because yeah. it because a drink down the sink is not a bad place for it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> It's, it's a, a limiting belief of like a logical fallacy mm-hmm. that in the moment totally makes perfect sense. Of course, you cannot waste that. It's precious. <laughs> it's the same thing with finishing your plate of food, though. It's not different. Like, it's, this, it's a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And you have to sort of recognize it. It's just not scarce anymore. Right. You, you have money, it's free. Like, there's, you do this all the time. It's not special. Absolutely. So that's something you can practice, not finishing drinks. Yeah, that's a great idea. And you can do that on days when it's not a big social thing. Yeah, like just at home. Mm -hmm. That was something I, that was actually one of my first steps was like, because for instance, like if my boyfriend or my boyfriend, now husband, but back then he was my boyfriend, if we would go out and go to dinner and, you know, we'd like order wine and maybe it would have like, a quarter of a glass Left of wine For years If it was like Time to go But I still had a drink left And like everybody was like Getting up and leaving I would just pound the drink hmm. <laughs> Like because It's wine Like you can't waste Delicious right. French wine But I, I I stopped Like that was something I was just like I'm just gonna test this See if I can do it And just mm-hmm. like walk away From the table And like it hurts for like 10 seconds. Mm. And then you're, and then I was like, oh, I totally didn't need that. And actually when you go home and like drink water, you're like, I'm actually really glad I didn't just pound two ounces of alcohol unnecessarily. And it doesn't even taste
1: good at that point, you know, like. Oh, there's even zero value.
0: It's just in (laughs) your mind. It's just a story you're telling yourself about wasting it.
1: Yeah. I think it's the visual of also like there's wine or there's, is extra co- extra cocktail it was like seventeen dollars. I should probably finish it, but <laughs> wow
0: what are you drinking <laughs> <Well, like,
1: laughs> I get the most ridiculous cocktails on the menu like if i if something sounds like unique and exotic, the foodie in me is like I have to have that or I have to try it. and luckily, like all of us are very open about you know giving each other's tastes um but yeah, that's another big. <laughs> Kind of yeah, a FOMO. You
0: appreciate it, yeah, yeah. You appreciate it, and that's like you know that's a good trait gone haywire, right? Yeah, I, I'm 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 there with you on that too. Although <laughs> I can't drink cocktails anymore; they're too sweet. But <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't happen until you're in your 30s. <laughs>
1: they are starting to taste just like sugar at me, though. But
0: hopefully, it's it's, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have a tendency to finish drinks. So that's something that can you can work on you, but, okay, let's go back to talking about how you you're like how you relate to alcohol when you aren't in these social environments. Mm-hmm. so how how does that go? Like why isn't it the same?
1: I'm definitely drinking faster because I think subconsciously, I'm like, okay, I should order more before <laughs> This sounds super greedy, but um at those like paid events that have limited time, I'm like, and then, also, I want to keep up the pace with everyone else, so I think everyone else is drinking a little bit faster than they normally would um, you know conversation is uh there's a lot of people, a lot of conversation going on, so i don't I think that makes it harder to just the energy the the drinking matches the energy of that
0: can you Can you explain the first one again? There's a limited
1: time before you know we cannot get our drinks expensed anymore uh
0: so you're trying to get the good stuff in while it's free,
1: exactly. And then while the if the waiter if it, if it's like a busy place and the we hardly ever get to see the waiter, you definitely want to like be ready to order more by the time they come back. Um, uh, so I think that again that stems from or that originated with my scarcity mindset, as we were saying earlier from, mm-hmm. from college, because I you know transitioned straight into this this environment from then. And, and that's part of what I want to work on is just slower drinking because I tend to empty my drinks like nobody else in those situations.
0: You said you would like to tell yourself, I'm only going to have one or two drinks and then always have like five or six, right? Yes. <laughs> so that method is not going to work. Right. Have you noticed? I have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. I mean, it's the same thing with people who are like, "I want to only dessert, eat dessert once a week." Right. I have it right. like, and you're like, you're eating it every day. Like you're not like, exactly. going to go from seven to one. Like you're going to go from seven to six, and then six to five, and then five to four. So, and 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 the main reason is it's too hard. Mm. Like it's like either. <laughs> for me, when I tell myself I'm not going to drink at all, that's when I have one or two drinks. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, um, it's too, and like, you don't want to do that. Like that's I can hear from the way you're talking about it. Like there's too much other benefit going on here for you to like, just not be a drinker at these events. So let's forget that you're going to do that. Right. So yeah, I think it's, it's the elephant that's not happy. Like from your book, the,
1: the emotional part, right? Like, I don't want to leave early. Why would I do that? You know, I'm the the one to be there the longest usually. And I'm kind of like, I don't want to say life of the party, but more of like the rallier of the group. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like I'm setting, like, I don't want people to start leaving, I guess, because I'm enjoying myself too much. And I feel like also the the drinks correspond with how long we're going to be there and how long socializing happens.
0: Yeah, you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fine. I've been there. I've been that person too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so what I was thinking though is that so for you, like like let's just ditch this idea that you're gonna have like two drinks and stop okay. out of like some magical ability to <laughs> do that with two drinks in you. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And yeah. it it wouldn't even work if, if alcohol wasn't involved. It's just not how humans break habits it's just Mm. not going to work that way when they when when the alternative is not like be in a totally different environment or something like that Mm. so um that said i think you can pay attention to these other limiting beliefs you have and start to unravel them one at a time and turn those into new little rules that can help you cut down sort of not totally unconsciously but like without it feeling like you're like like, oh, I'm not gonna order a drink this time, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like what you were saying about the waiter doesn't come all that often. Um, <laughs> like, so, like, I take it to mean that, like, you've got half a drink and you're ordering another one.
1: I have done that, and I actually did that the last one. I had a full wine, and everyone else had a vodka infused coconut, so of course, I had to get one of those.
0: Okay, so Two. new rule. Glass <laughs> needs to be empty to order anything. Okay. And while you're waiting, drink a glass of water. Okay. You know, like that's easy enough to do. Like it's not like it requires a huge amount of willpower. You're going to get another drink. It's fine. Right. You know, like... It's just like in that one moment like when you look at your glass cuz you always look at your glass right? Right, right. When you like do you want like here's the waiter and you look at your glass you're like what do I got what do I want like you start you start thinking about the future?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm very you... strategic about it. <laughs>
0: I know you are cuz I know I've I have even but...
1: intercepted a guy on my way to the bathroom <laughs>
0: and uh to order another drink so. <laughs> like sir our table is being neglected. You yes. 7 minutes and we're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> right. So use that as a trigger. Okay. Looking at your glass. Looking at my glass. Yeah. And this is easy enough. Like you can do this. And when you look at your glass, if it's not at zero, say I'm good for now. I'll okay. in The next round. <laughs> Does that sound manageable? That sounds totally manageable. Because again, like that's the sort of thing that's like, maybe you'll slow down one drink from that trick. Hmm. Yeah. And then maybe we can think of a few more that you can implement over time. Totally. And then especially it like, it actually feeds into one of your, uh, your other goals of finishing your drinks. Yeah. Finishing them too quickly. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, right. <laughs> but I mean, you don't, it, it feels uncomfortable to, to a little bit to like leave a drink unfinished, but like, okay, I'm going to finish this one and like make that your like goal. But also, um, you should also practice not finishing drinks. <laughs> when yeah. You're in that triggered environment. That's so foreign to me. Yeah. I better start trying that. Um, yeah. It becomes easy. Okay. It becomes really easy because, well, what happens? Well, what happened for me anyway is I started getting, when I realized that I didn't need to finish drinks and that I it started internalizing the idea that, like, alcohol isn't scarce anymore, like, even, like, nice alcohol isn't scarce mm-hmm. anymore anymore. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, that was my second justification. My first justification was, well, I can't waste any alcohol. Then it was like, well, I can't waste good alcohol, right? <laughs> like you know, high quality stuff. Um, but basically, what happened is I I just realized that like there's just no shortage of that in my life. It's it's mm-hmm. everywhere. I don't need, like me finishing it gets, does no value on earth if anything hurts me. (laughs) Um, And so that started because like, I I started internalizing that then as, as that helped me drink less, I started getting pickier about what I even would drink. Mm. And that helps a ton because like now if I go to a place and like, you know, if it's red wine, like I kind of only want to drink Burgundy, <laughs> like, you know, or like, yeah. you know, I, I don't really want to drink Prosecco anymore. Like I like champagne. Right. <laughs> and I can totally taste it when they give me Prosecco. Mm. So I, um, that starts to happen. Okay. And that is, that's like, that's sort of like a place you want to get because it, it feels like then you're starting to make decisions, like rational decisions and like value-based decisions and not just. You're not on autopilot with just like alcohol in general anymore. Does that make sense?
1: That totally makes sense. And uh, that would be awesome. Like I can't <laughs> keep drinking like a college student when I'm 30. So
0: yeah. So another thing that is worth considering um, when, you t- when you talk about, when we, we you talked briefly before about like mindful eating and, and how you get the catch 22 problem, mm-hmm. right? like it's hard to remember it. So another thing you can do on your own, like on your own time, when you're not in these situations is practice mindful drinking. Hmm. Have you ever, have you done the mindful eating challenge or anything like that?
1: I have. I'm, I like to think I I have good mindful eating habit. (laughs) Um, I do, I do struggle with it a little bit though. I notice when I, when I eat in a big group as well.
0: Yeah, it's hard.
1: Yeah it's kind of the same thing. It's (laughs) drinking. Totally. (laughs) Totally.
0: But like you have like less of a chance of succeeding if, if you haven't practiced on your own. Exactly. Yeah. You know, one thing you could do is, I don't know if there's like, I don't know if like when you go out with your coworkers, if it's more of like a cocktail thing versus a wine thing, or, you know, maybe it's worth practicing with whatever is in the trigger environment and just like just taking a drink and just like drinking it mindfully and see what it's like, hmm. and see what it feels like to have that experience because, you know, it might give it might start build like if you if you do that every once in a while, like once a week or something like that, it might start building triggers into the actual experience of drinking.
1: So I will start noticing like, oh, this actually doesn't serve me as much anymore. Or- even while I'm in the heat of the moment with my coworkers.
0: Yeah, or like for instance, one of the things that I notice when I drink slower is the urgency I feel to drink more in like a social environment like I just see how silly it is because mm-hmm. it like you still have a buzz <laughs> like even right. if you drink slower, like it still comes. <laughs> Right,, um, and that was something that for me took some I had to experience that to really internalize it mm. so um so this is something I did, and actually it was it was actually a suggestion of one of the podcast listeners. Um, I did a mindful drinking experiment for a while with a glass of wine in the evenings, and yeah, it was really illuminating. <laughs> I will have to try that. What other triggers or like what other what other factors do you think um, are pushing you?
1: I think another like element of this is that normally I my mo of relate or like socializing with people is normally just one on one with very close friends. Uh, I'm pretty introverted, actually. So and I, I don't normally hang out with like a big group on my own outside of work and sometimes there is like a little bit of anxiety for me involved not like not a ton of anxiety but just you know we're all just sitting facing each other and kind of sometimes it's a little bit awkward in the beginning so the, I think the drinking helps with like it's, it's a security blanket sometimes in mm. those situations um, definitely especially if I'm not as familiar with everyone in the group or like we're going to go to the the summer party and that will be a ton of people you don't know and you want yeah. to fit in and, you know, be social and but then at the same time, it's like anxiety provoking. So I think that there's a whole other element there because I noticed when I like I we were saying different situations my drinking is different, like, at home with my boyfriend or with a friend that I know very well. Like, I have no desire to <laughs> put down seven drinks, like right. zero,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is actually, this is probably the, the key to the whole thing. Hmm. That's very common, like, just social anxiety, especially around unfamiliar people, especially in... I don't know, I feel like work environments are where there's sort of like, there's always like a little bit of tension. Like, Mm -hmm. how's this going to go? Is it going to be good or whatever? And that's that's really normal. Alcohol helps with that a lot. (laughs) It does, it does. It helps with that a lot. And like you want everybody on board. You're like, okay, now everybody feel this way. Right. Because that makes me feel better if everybody feels this way. Interesting. So is this all sort of subconscious?
1: I think so. But, you know, this is all in retrospect that I'm kind right.
0: of realizing all this stuff.
1: But it's, I mean, definitely subconscious when, when it's, you know, the heat of the moment during.
0: Yeah. Do you ever feel nervous around people not in, like, not in a bar? <laughs> like in normal work stuff or?
1: Not necessarily nervous, but it's not my ideal necessarily unless it's like my close team I love like having lunch with them and hanging out with them I don't know I'm not in my day-to-day I'm not normally presenting to a large group of people or anything like that I'm kind of interacting with just my uh, close-knit group of people so you know it is it is outside of my comfort zone in a way okay okay yeah
0: and you definitely feel better after you have a little nip
1: yeah (laughs) I think so and you know it also helps me like sync up with what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. I'm like very sensitive to what so like even after um it closed out like the company tab and my friend uh slash coworker uh ordered another drink I was like hey I don't want her to to be the only one so I'm gonna order one too uh so I kind of match people in their Hmm. their drinking and
0: Interesting. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Hmm. In terms of matching people? like Yeah, like what's the, what's the goal? I don't, I think I just don't, I don't know. I don't know if fear of missing out is the right phrase. Maybe it's just to prove I'm one of them <laughs> in a way, like not be the odd one out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. to It would be interesting, I think, to explore that a little bit and like figure out what exactly you're trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, like on whatever subconscious level, like, there's something you're trying to accomplish with that. Right. Yeah. You know, next time or in the future, like in your, when you're in these situations, try to like notice. And, and by the way, you're probably going to have to do this earlier in the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still conscious. Probably. <laughs> um, try to try to catch what you're telling yourself. Okay. About, oh, well, you know, and, and don't stop with, oh, well, she's having one. Right. Well, and well, why is that important? Like, and try to get at the feeling because there's a feeling in there that's driving this. And I don't know. Maybe it's altruism. Maybe it's you know just a like humans just have general desire to sync with things. Like that's like it could just be that it could be something like non. Like it doesn't have to be deep. (laughs) It can just be something super basic to like human instinct. Um, But you want to know that because if it's something that's just silly, like just a weird urge to just match somebody like you're dancing in a room, maybe it's worth taking a little bit of energy to break that pattern. Whereas if it's like, I really want this person to feel comfortable, maybe you can test that hypothesis. Like, well, do they really, are they really going to feel uncomfortable if you're drinking slightly slower? (laughs) Like, Or if you don't even order anything and
1: just still carry a conversation.
0: Exactly. And you can test that and then, that like when you test it and see a different result you can you can sort of you can start to break down that belief because that's going to be it's going to continue to be a trigger and as long as you don't know what's going on you're still going to respond to it automatically
1: interesting so kind of approach it with that like hypothesis mindset of what am I feeling right now and if I do or if I don't act on it what will happen yeah exactly
0: another thing that occurred to me as you were talking by the way I'm totally like riffing here because <laughs> that's, I don't know it's just like it's like I feel like there's a lot of this is like that sort of problem where it's like there's a lot of different little things right that are all just sort of pushing you in a direction and I feel like the more like maybe not all of these will click for you but like a couple might sure yeah but what I was thinking is so you have the most control at the beginning of the night yes right like you're sober and it's just getting started and There's still like conscious choices being made at that point. (laughs) Right. Also, importantly, the anxiety is going to be highest right Mm. around that time. Right. So I was thinking that another experiment you could try is skipping the first round. And not necessarily like the entire first round, in the sense, but like so. I'm what I imagine is. Well, first I was thinking that um, your anxiety just sort. You could like sit with it for a second and just see what it feels like to not to have it without alcohol for a second, and like just watch everybody else. Because and and the, the way I envision this going, by the way, is like you opening the menu and be like, mm, "You guys order." I'm like, I'm just I haven't decided yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Okay. And then like the waiter, I'll come back in like. Three minutes with the drinks And you can order that You know what I mean Sure um, And But in that time You can feel what it feels like To have other people order And to not order See if you die <laughs> <laughs> um, You can sit a little bit With the anxiety You know And realize that Again you won't die And that it's something You, you can do And and also It gives you the chance To sort of feel it And like And, and do a little bit of the work To, to, to see where it's coming from mm-hmm. You know what I mean And like be curious, like, I don't know, there's a lot of things that could be going on there and you're you're just skipping over it. And I feel like one way you can really do a short, easy, brief experiment is to just sort of give yourself two minutes to sit there and see what's going on. Yeah. Plus then you're behind half a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can also see what it feels like to be out of sync. And maybe it won't even like,
1: it'll hardly be a road bump in my socializing. Like I may just get into a conversation and not even notice that I'm not even drinking
0: 100. That's what I expect to happen, but you sort of have to experience that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my guess also is, you know, you have all this like, Oh, I have anxiety. Like, you know, we all need to start drinking so that everybody's happy and like whatever, but like everyone else feels exactly the same way. Right. (laughs) And they'll all be just as happy once they get their drinks. Yeah. Like, they don't need you to have your drink. That's so true. Especially if it's not like, oh, I'm not drinking right now and, like, make a big announcement about it. If it's more like, oh, just just give me a minute I can't decide. Well,
1: honestly, people don't even notice that much, I realized. Like, my friend or my co or there are my friends and my co-workers, some of them. I was talking to her about this issue and the same night, she was there the entire time. And I didn't even notice that she had half the amount that I had. Like, she had three drinks, I had, like, seven. Mm-hmm. She was there the entire time, and I didn't notice at all. Wow. That's how much, like, I don't know, People, there's, like, it's not chaos. It's, like, a happy chaos. There's, like, side conversations. Everyone's just doing whatever. So I don't think people would even really notice, like, especially if I'm nibbling away at whatever food they ordered or or if I even got, like, a sparkling water.
0: I think that's highly likely. Yeah. Because people aren't, like, they're not, nobody's really watching you. (laughs) Like <laughs> people are sort
1: of like doing the Right. right thing. Everyone's just worried about themselves and, and and you forget that,
0: you know. Yeah. Exactly. And also I feel like uh, what the fun part like there's definitely like something fun, I feel like, about ordering together.
1: Yeah. And like part of it is like trying the drinks. So we'll like try our own drink and then of course you like pass it on. Yeah. So it's kind of like that experience as well.
0: Yeah, but you don't need to actually drink the drink. Or mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? Like, like, and also the first time, like, you know, that's fun the first time and the second time, but like, you don't need seven.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no. Yeah. And I, and I, and I realized like, I, I really enjoy like tasting and sampling. Like, I don't need to have my own. I could just try someone else's say, okay, I tried it.
0: Like you have a glass of water in your hand. You're like, Hey, can I taste your like coconut thingy? Yeah. Like, oh, that's really good. Maybe I'll consider getting that when I'm done with my water.
1: <laughs> it's never as good,
0: though, when I have my
1: own for some reason. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. And I, I tend to do this with food, too. <laughs> like, I have food envy whenever someone else orders something else. My my boyfriend, like, uh, hates me for this. But, like, his, his food is always more interesting than mine. <laughs> Like no matter so, what. Yeah. Like I, I always have to try other people's. It doesn't matter what it is or where
0: we're at. Maybe you just need to take two sips or two bites. Like, oh, let me try that one more time. Oh, okay. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's like you don't even really necessarily want the whole thing. No. Good insight.
1: Yeah. It's just a habit. Grained habit. Just a habit.
0: Cool. So that's a lot of things to try. My gut feeling, knowing myself, and that. And by the way, I've, <laughs> I'm pregnant right now, and I've been I not know. drinking in public, which mm. is super interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, you're right. Like all those things that people do, like they don't, they don't know, they don't notice you at all. <laughs> like right. And it's like, and it's not necessary. I was actually, um, I was gonna, I was telling uh, my husband this. That my my guess would have been that. I would have like 25% less fun. Yeah. You know, like not, not drinking. That just sounded right. Like, you know, the, especially if you're going to a nice place and like whatever, I do all the stuff still. Like I go to mm-hmm. nice restaurants and I go and hang out with people and they're all drinking and having fun. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think I would have guessed that like 25% of my fun was alcohol related. And I think it's closer to like 10%. Really? Now that I've experienced it. Yeah. For me, the big, the hardest part is that I really like wine with food. Yes. Um. So that, like, not having that pairing, I, I definitely feel a little bit of a loss there, and definitely by like everybody's on their third drink and I'm not. I can feel that, <laughs> um, but not like in such. But I'm still having a really good time because they've all loosened up. So it's not like I. It, it's just the contrast that I notice. Like I, I, I go up with them. It's just. A little bit less, you know, I could like their, their dumb junk joke sounds a little dumber to me. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I bet you like observe a lot of funny things. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like, but like, like I said, it's not nearly as much as I had given credit to. Interesting. Yeah. So, so what I was saying earlier is that my guess is that the anxiety the like anxiety and like how my, how good it feels to have that first drink, and sort of that like sets a tone and also gets gets you started and My guess is that if you can sort of realize that like it's pretty tame and that you're it's not like a reason to go whole hog and sort of experience what that feels like and realize that it's not very different at all to just like wait a little bit that you will go a long way to break the chain because once you've started you're you know it's you like we can we've come up with a few tricks you can use like checking your glass Mm -hmm. to see if you should order again you know and you might be able to slow down a little bit once you've started but like it's at the very beginning that you're setting the tone right and so i think that's where you're, you're gonna that's where you should focus your most of your energy because that's the I think that's the place that you're going to have the biggest impact with your decisions.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like a good like place to to use my limited willpower in that situation. Because you have a little bit of willpower in that situation. Right. Yeah. I'm like driving with the best of intentions.
0: You know, that's like driving that to point. the
1: event. Yeah. Like <laughs> only going to yeah. do one or two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but, but, but I do think that like, again, like, you know, um, once you have started, a couple tricks. And those are easy because they don't feel like they take a lot of willpower. Feel like just making sure your glass is actually empty. You know, making sure you drink water between, <laughs> between yeah. drinks. You know, little things like that. You know, maybe try the thing where you take one sip and then another, another sip of somebody's drink and realize you don't actually need one for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that like little things like that where it's not like you're like depriving yourself. You're just right. making a better decision and it's fine. Right. And is there
1: like some way because like for eating less you use smaller spoons but it's harder because <laughs> sips are harder to moderate than
0: bite Ooh, good question I don't know uh, I think it's in foodist but there's a I, I wrote an article and I'll link to it in the show notes about <laughs> how to drink less without your friends noticing yeah <laughs> so of. one of my favorite tricks and I still do this like no matter what. Cause I enjoy like, like you, I enjoy the process of drinking. Mm-hmm. Like I just like this. The socializing is fun. Like I like to have a sip of drink with my food. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's actually become really important to get really high quality and clean alcohol and also low proof, low proof being like, like low alcohol content. Oh, okay. So, so uh, for instance, like I drink, if I'm, if I know it's going to be a long night, I'll prefer white wine over red wine because it has less alcohol. Like French
1: over California. Exactly.
0: Right? And I will prefer like a Pilsner over an IPA. Okay. Because it has less alcohol. And I will have I really try to avoid sugary cocktails. I mean I don't I don't like them very much anymore, but um you know, it's just it's so easy to get hammered. <laughs> it is. And I I never touch shots anymore. Like I just, you know, like I've just come to realize that I have a better time and my next day is way better if like I I just diminish the amount of alcohol that's in each glass. Mm -hmm. Lots of ice cubes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and another like tactic that's sort of the reverse, but kind of can work too, is just drinking straight alcohol because it's really hard to just pound Mm. like a nice scotch, you know what I mean? Or right. Like a martini, like it's. I mean, some people can pound martinis, and I hope I'm never one of those people. <laughs> 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 like, like, like I'll drink a martini for like a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, so you can either go either like super low alcohol content or like just straight alcohol, so that like you're not gonna like just you know drink it down like it's a soda or something. Right. So that's yeah, th- you can
1: definitely use tricks like that too. Yeah, that's like not intuitive, but it's so true. <laughs> more alcohol
0: I had a, a podcast guest once he was the one who gave me that idea he told me he was like yeah I just switched to straight tequila I was like what? <laughs> <He> <laughs> yeah was like, yeah." That. it's like it's really hard to just like drink lots of tequila and I was like that's totally true wow or, I'm or like your
1: friend the guy I think she, she switched to like straight whiskey or something
0: like that yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah that works for some people yeah
1: I just, I, I'm not that sophisticated yet. I'm like the, the pink cocktail girl. <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the lavender syrup or whatever <laughs> they put in there. Fair, fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so those are those are some tricks you can use. Another thing I do sometimes is, um, because so, like, sometimes the drinks are just too sweet, just yeah. in general. Like I'll just like, after having a few sips, I'll just add sparkling water. Oh, cool. If it's that kind of I drink like that, that, idea. that doesn't ruin it.
1: Do like a little spritzer.
0: Yeah, like it'll last longer. Yeah. Or add ice cubes.
1: Ice cubes. And then just trying to distract yourself from just focusing on your drink. Because I I get that way too, where I like, I just zone out and like, just drinking. (laughs) I'm not even, I'm not even socializing sometimes. Like, I'm just kind of sitting there focused on my drink.
0: (laughs) Yeah, mindful drinking might help with that one. Yeah. Cool. Well, you gave me so many great ideas. I'm so curious to see how this goes. Yeah. Because this is
1: tricky. It is. And, you know, I I myself didn't realize I had these limiting beliefs around drinking. I just kind of assumed it was a problem that I had and very little could be done. But you've given me so many great ideas, Daria.
0: Oh, good. Good. Yeah. It's because, yeah, it's really a tricky issue. And so don't especially like what you were saying, like, because it doesn't happen that often, like, Mm -hmm. you'll probably try a lot of things and it probably a lot of them won't work. (laughs) But but, like, at least the first time, don't feel bad. Just keep at it. Just keep trying new things. Um, Because it's not, these are tricky problems. It's not, it's not you. Like, it's all social work. I mean, those are like high anxiety, plus alcohol makes the whole thing harder. Plus, it's fun. So it's not like and plus you're not doing it that often. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an experimental process. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. But stick at it, stick with it and, and you'll figure it out and you'll probably grow out of the taste of sweet drinks eventually anyway. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, uh, keep me posted and uh, good luck. Thank you so much, Daria. I will. Thanks for listening to the Foodist podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.